Hey, welcome to Real Talk, episode 116. I'm Todd, this is AJ, and we're back. Hello. <laughs> weirder and weirder. Every week. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I just... Know coming. You know, we, I had our friend Tim literally asked me about this. He about said, what you do? Yes. He said, what? He said, every week I've noticed that you just do these random things on the intro. And he says... He said, are you just trying to make content for something? And I said, oh, maybe sometimes. I don't know, man. I just, there's no hey. plan. I just do whatever comes to there, mind. There, there is a plan now. I have a whole idea written down about the 40 billion things AJ has done at the beginning of videos. Because I do quick there clips. It is. And when I do quick clips, I'll be like watching through. I'll be like, okay, let's go find some good content. And then there's AJ. Hello. And you're like, what? what did he just do? <laughs> yeah, I, uh... <laughs> I was waiting that time because I thought something was coming when you said yes. So there's going to be some awkward silence. But it's now awesome. I'm going to tell everyone what this show is. In case That's it's true. the first time. <laughs> hey, everyone. So what's a real talk? It's an opportunity to talk about God, life, the Bible, everything in between and how that all intersects. You know, this show is both for the believer out there that, that wrestles with things and and maybe just wants to be sharpened. But it's also for those out there that, that are looking and searching that maybe haven't put their faith in Jesus uh, don't know anything about Jesus, right? We tend to assume in this country that people know about Jesus. They may That's know good, the man. name. They may know uh, sort of parodies of who he is. Yes. But um, there is a, there's the truth of who he is too. And we hope to, to, if nothing else, encourage both sides of those, right? Both groups, the believer looking to search. We want you to know it's okay to question that God wants you to seek him with all your heart, soul, and mind. And part of seeking with your mind is being able to wrestle through tough questions. Because, Amen. listen, we shouldn't be afraid if, if we know the truth, we shouldn't be afraid of asking questions that don't seem to have an answer or are tough to deal with. And, uh, you know, we have a link, uh, real R-E-A-L, dash talk. If you click that, go down to submit a question, you can ask us a question, give us a topic anonymously. There and it is. That we do that so that you don't have to feel that anxiety of someone thinking poorly of you, you know, those things we think, if, or why, why are they asking this? Mm-hmm. But we also make it, like I said, for the other side. And we hope it drives you to go and look for the truth because, listen, the very word itself, truth, implies that there is something that is objectively true. And what that means is it's true whether you believe it or not. Mm. I can say I don't believe in gravity all I want, but objectively I will find out the truth of it when I jump off a building. That's right. No parachute, right? objective truth. Yeah, so it's good. don't let this, this world or this culture fool you into thinking that truth is dictated by what you believe in. All right, let that sink in for a second. Truth is not dictated by what you believe in. What you believe in should be dictated by truth. That's right, because that would be subjective. Yes, AJ, that's true. Um, <laughs> so that's that's the gist of what the show is. Yeah. We're just a couple of guys up to no good trying to start trouble in your neighborhood. Fresh that was a rhyme right there. Yeah, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I twisted it a little bit. You didn't even catch that? I didn't. It's embarrassing. Uh, anyway. I thought that I, was completely original. <laughs> I'm really no. There's people that would try to. They tr- there's people out there. Speaking of original, who try to point out that thoughts and comments I make aren't original, no matter what I say. Have you noticed this? Yeah. I literally, no matter what I say, there's there's people. There's there's a person. There's some people out there who make sure to let the world know he ne- did not come up with this original thought. There's an old <laughs> saying that says there's nothing new under the sun. So, of course, someone in the history of time. <laughs> Has probably said every thought or idea. That doesn't mean we don't attribute those to them. Anyway, just me venting. Nice. Uh, however, like I'm excited like about. What? Said I like it. I'm, 
You're afraid I went too far, aren't you? Oh, no, I love it. Anyway, I'm excited about today's show. I really am. You guys know this. Me too, man. Uh, a lot of times we come in very stressed. We got a lot of that out. Uh, <laughs> and we have a plan today, which for at least the skeleton of a plan, which for yeah. us is a lot. Is a lot. <laughs> for us, that is a literal plan like the A-team. And we right. have a skeletal one. You guys want to know a true story? Speaking of 18, Pretty fool. never watched an episode I mean, or the movie. I only know uh, what's his face from Murdoch. Is that uh, I don't know Mr. T? No, I think no. Oh, I only know Mr. T. It's I don't even know what his name is in that. Um, is it there? There was a new movie made of that, right? Yeah, I think it was so. released like a few years ago. Did you watch it? Yeah, it's not yeah. as good as the show. Yeah, I never watched it. I mean, clearly I know who Mr. T is. Anyway, we're yep. off topic already. And prove that we don't follow plans, <laughs> but. I am excited about today's episode. As you guys know, we are consistently, ooh, that's not what I meant, but it'll work, and continually trying to improve this podcast. We have a lot of ideas, and one of the things we want to do is differentiate between the podcast slash web series that you guys are listening to now yes, and our live episode that comes out on Thursday. So we're trying to make content that is um, specific to each of those. It's good, man. I like that. So, for instance, you know, we, we have our database of questions. We have one question today we're going to answer at the end. It's a great question. I love it. All right, give you a little topic. It's on legalism. What is legalism? Made me learn. And what are some examples within the church today with a capital C of, of tangible legalism? You know, people throw the term around a lot, but what does it mean? It's a great question, by the way. Mm. But we also have a couple topics. A couple of topicos for today. I'm excited, man. They're good yeah. topics. So I'll set up the one, and then you can kind of... AJ had the thought of bringing this one up. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, <clears throat> there's a guy named Jordan Jordan B. Peterson. That's right. Jordan Peterson is a psychologist that became fairly famous a couple years ago, right? Um, I've been following him for a while yes. because he's not a Christian, but um, he believed in men. He sees an issue with manhood in, in the world, and he took it upon himself to really focus on making better men and giving them tangible advice. It's just really cool stuff for young guys like us. Yeah, man. On how, and Especially in this culture that doesn't value masculinity or manhood very much. And uh, it's rare to find someone that's not a believer who points out the, I don't know, the problems affecting men and how, how poor men, right? Men not being men, how it negatively affects our culture. That's right. Because it does. That's right. And he also kind of stood up against um, political correctness. So I've been following for a while. I even used him in our Lionheart program, one of his videos. However, something interesting happened. Last week, I kind of came upon a clip of him. I haven't listened to him in a while. And I sent it to you and Tim, our friend. Yes. And uh, one of the pastors of our church. Just because I thought it was really powerful. Mm -hmm. You then yesterday said, Todd, I have a really good idea. I think we should talk about this clip. Yes. It's very powerful. Um, And then, you know, bring people in. So... That's what we're going to do. We're going to show you guys the clip. We're growing, man. You're going to see the clip on your screen, hear it, and then um, we'll, we'll kind of talk about what's the context of what he's saying and what it can mean for us and, and you know whether you're a believer or not. So again, this guy's not a Christian, but he's he has also often used the Bible as yes. a teaching tool, as Which literature. So, it's so wild, man. What made you think it'd be really good before we go into it just like to talk about so the the idea that originally kind of came to my head of why I wanted to bring this up on the show is because um, after watching the clip you guys are about to see, it made me think about because like like Todd said, Jordan Peterson does not claim to be a Christian, uh, but based on this video and the things he says and what you're about to witness, you know he that's a guy who to me is taking 
Jesus more seriously than than Christians. And that's why, to me, it was very powerful. I think that's a good segue. So uh, here we go. This is Jordan Peterson um, on his own podcast um, talking about sort of his journey. So, okay, so you can think about Christ from a psychological perspective. And the the critic, my critic, this particular critic that I've been reading, said, well, that that doesn't differentiate Christ much from a whole sequence of dying and resurrecting mythological gods. And, of course, people have made that claim in comparative religion. Joseph Campbell did that, and Jung to a lesser degree, I would say, but Campbell did that. But the difference, and C.S. Lewis pointed this out as well, the difference between those mythological gods and Christ was that there's there's a representation of there's a historical representation of his of of his existence as well. Now you can debate whether or not that's genuine. You can debate about whether or not he actually lived and whether there's credible objective evidence for that, but it doesn't matter in some sense because this well it does, but there's a sense in which it doesn't matter because there's still a historical story and so what you have in the figure of Christ is an actual person who actually lived plus a myth and in some sense, Christ is the union of those two things. The problem is, is I probably believe that, but I don't know. Okay. I don't, I'm amazed at my own belief and I don't <laughs> understand it. Like, because I've seen. Sometimes the objective world and the narrative world touch You know, that's Jungian synchronicity. And I've seen that many times in my own life. And so in some sense, I believe it's undeniable. You know, we have a narrative sense of the world. For me, that's been the world of morality. That's the world that tells us how to act. It's real. Like, we treat it like it's real. It's not the objective world. But the narrative and the objective world touch. And the ultimate example of that in principle is supposed to be Christ. But I don't know what to, and that seems to me oddly plausible. Yeah. Well, but I still don't know what to make of it. It's too, partly because it's too terrifying a reality to fully believe. I don't even know what would happen to you if you fully believed it. If you believed in the story of Christ, or if you believed that history and, and let's say the narrative make meet, let's Both, say. Both, I yeah. think. I think you... Because when you believe that, you buy both those stories. You believe that yeah. the narrative and the objective can actually touch. Wow. So <clears throat> there's a lot to unpack there in, like really two, is. in, in two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and a shout out. Uh, the original interview came from um, Jordan B. Peterson's podcast. You can look that up yourself, Jordan right. B. Peterson. Um, we want to give a shout to that. And even that cut came from a, a guy named Simon Cavallari, right? Uh, yeah, I believe that's what um, it is. We're only doing that out of out of respect for him cutting it. Absolutely. The, the original content can come from comes from his podcast, Jordan B. Peterson's podcast, <clears throat> which you can find on uh, clips on YouTube as well as on um, podcast players. That's right. So I don't know, man. Uh, I have a lot to, 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 to bring up from that, but what are your thoughts? It's deep, man. You know, when he... <laughs> The emotion and like, <laughs> it's funny. Like, like I said, this guy is wrestling with the reality of Christ more than Christians are, hundred percent. Because even listen to what the guy said. He said, 
the the reality of you it, what would happen to a person if you fully believe that they become something new right yes so, uh, the true power that that brings mm-hmm. the true you know there's a reason why the Bible says if you had a mustard seed of faith you could move mountains Oof. and I don't even know if Jordan Peterson understands that concept but he he to he, he to me that's him almost talking about it mm-hmm. he may not grasp that but that's the truth you know and him talking about you know. It's like it's like he's trying to take these two worlds and put them together, but it's like in in his human mind, it's just it can't it can't happen. But at the same time, he still says it's oddly plausible. I see it in Christ. That's because Christ is full, fully God, fully man. So yes, we don't fully understand how this could be a, a thing, and I think that's just he's wrestling through that. And I don't think us as Christians, yes, it's good to accept what we believe, but do you actually think about it? You know, it's powerful, man. And, and to put that in, and you touched on it, to put that into plain speech, plain speech for some of those that are listening that maybe it was a little confusing because it was wordy. The bottom line is he's saying from the beginning, he says, you know, there are people that say who Christ is, right? The idea of a, of, of a God, man, dying and being resurrected from the dead. It is the same as a bunch of other myths, right? That's always been the thing about people who have tried to say about Christ. Yeah. Like Osiris and, you know, blah, blah, like other gods, quote gods that died and came back to life. Um, and he says that isn't true. And he, he starts by saying what makes where he is different is we actually know that Jesus of Nazareth lived. That's right. So you, have historical. A, you have a historical side, yep. right, along with this. And then he makes the point, this is what you said, and I love that you already sort of uh, redefined the word. So the whole narrative objective thing, let me simplify that. He's saying we have the objective, which is what we know to be true. That's what we right. know to be true is, for instance, all humans die. Right? Mm-hmm. We know that gravity exists, the yep. sun will burn us, things that we know to be true. That's right. And the narrative in his concept is he's, I understood the idea of like principles of what right and wrong is, things that we don't see, but we believe because we've seen it throughout history or we see it in human nature, right? He said, for me, the narrative, the, the story of, of life is morality, what's right. right and wrong. And he said, in Christ, and this gives me goosebumps because... In Christ, I find that the things I touch and the the things that can't be touched but we know to be true meet in, in, in a person. That's right. You said it. So let me give another example of narrative. Let me give it a synonym in this case, God. Jesus is where what we know to be reality and God meet. That's really what he's saying. And uh, you can see right here, this is goosebumps. Oh, and it's I think beautiful. So that's what he's saying. And then he says what, what AJ just said. He goes, and I find that to be oddly plausible, meaning... For some reason, I believe it to be true, <laughs> yes. and I don't know why. And he said, I'm amazed because I don't know why I believe it to be true. That's right, man. Now, we know there's something called the Holy Spirit that is yep. constantly reaching out. And in this moment, I believe, is reaching out to Jordan Peterson. Absolutely, yes. Uh, now, again, we're not saying he's a Christian. He's not, but he's because I don't think he would claim that. No. Uh, I remember the other clip I was going to send you now. Uh, <laughs> but, because I told the guys there's another clip I found of him that I didn't send. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then he the, the emotion... Yeah, dude. Of, it's so raw, man. Of not even... That's what happens when we are able to, even for a second, when God touches us. <laughs> right? Mm. And I love that you said that, AJ, because this is a man who understands the impact of Jesus Christ and yes. what it would mean for his existence to accept what he is already feeling is easy for him to believe. And, uh, right, that is, that is, that is powerful. 
and uh, to see someone emotional, right? That's what happens when God touches us. Jesus, to me, when I see things like this, it remind, Jesus is still meeting people on the road and still teaching and touching them. That's when right. He touches them, he, he begins to heal them, and then something is happening. And uh, it's really powerful. And I love what you said. You said, you know, for me, you said it's convicting that this man who doesn't, who is not a disciple of Jesus. No, he's not. Yep. Is perhaps taking it more seriously the, 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 than, than, than believers. Yeah, than, than the church. Than, I mean, yeah, man, everything. just Christianity. It reminds me of that quote I said, I've told you guys, and I'm going to butcher it a little, and he mentioned C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis said, whatever you decide about Jesus Christ, it's an important decision, and you should take it as such. Because it means something. Whether you choose to not believe or believe, make it a conscious decision that you are truly believing because, I mean, that you are truly thinking through and making, not just one of those things like, oh, I don't think about it. You need to think about it. You know, C.S. Lewis said, because if you're wrong, if you choose not to believe and you're wrong, what mm-hmm. does that mean? Gosh, man. Right? What does eternity look like? Mm-hmm. What is the idea of hell? That's and, right. But, you know, it's funny is that he didn't even bring that up. It's just the idea of, that quote, the, it's too terrifying of a concept for me. What's terrifying about it? You know, the realization that we, that without Christ, we are at the mercy of a holy God whom we have failed to meet the standards of, that we've been disobedient to. I don't know, man. There's, it, like you said, it's powerful. It is powerful. You know, he, the thing that just, that just astounds me is, to me, this is such a cool example of when you, like you said, you know, like the Holy Spirit's always trying to poke. And when you just even give it just a second, what it does, you know, just seeing the emotion on him, man, like you just know that God was with him trying to get him to open his eyes and see like the rea- of what, what reality really is. And like, it makes like me... That. What it, reality really yes, is. Yes, and it makes me go, you know... If this can happen to someone like Jordan Peterson, where you know, like this guy, you know, with his studies, all this, and he can, and he can, when he has that moment where he finally was open to it, even if it was, if it was just for a second, what happened, and and that reality, even if, it, like I said, if, even if it was just for a second, he saw it. What would happen to everyone? It makes sense why people run away mm. because of, like you said, the weight. Like he said, terrifying. Because everyone's scared. Everyone is. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know why. That's why they run to drugs. Because they want to shut it off. Or whatever Alcohol. It is. Yeah. Whatever it is. Sex. Whatever you run to. Yeah. You know, you feel that. That emptiness. That that space inside of you that you can't touch. You know? That God can. And that's what's wild. <laughs> and I think that's what happened. You know? I think Jordan Peterson, I think he realized that. It reminds me of, for some reason you're saying that, I agree. It reminds me of the thought, the verse that came to my mind is we know that the soldier that stabbed Christ, Hmm. that when he, the storm came and he died, he said, you know, I'm paraphrasing the first part, but it's almost like he goes, oh my gosh, surely this was the son of God, right? Something about him, and that's what's always different about Jesus. Something about him is different. And I love what he said here. For him right now, it's, he is the place where the objective and the and and the narrative, right? Where they where reality, meet. where earth and heaven meet, right? That's my that's right. Uh, yeah, that's even used as a bridge analogy, which yeah, is just crazy. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, 
Yeah. And I think that that's, that's, that's amazing. You know, and I think that we need to, when we hear people like this, um, we should pray for them. Absolutely. Because God loves Jordan Peterson. And, and, one of the things I, I told you, because I know a little bit of the background, he's had a really rough couple of years. So, yeah, so he, got, right. he got pretty kind of famous, right? Which means he was loved by people who see the reality of what's going on in, in political correctness and culture because it's someone who's saying logic, right? And he's using common sense. But there were people that hated him too because he was saying truth, even if he didn't know that it was true truth, right? With right. Him. But then, um, just for some, so you guys understand, the past year he had a debilitating illness that he he was kind of he was dying, and uh, it's a long story. I won't go into it, but to let you know, he had to go to Canada. He's he's Canadian originally mm-hmm. to the U.S., and then his, his sister on a last ditch, his sister, his daughter in a last ditch effort, um, got took him to Russia because the only place he get this treatment, and he's still recovering, but he's feeling better. But during that, uh, you know, his wife's battling cancer, so he's it's in those moments, <clears throat> and I find this intriguing. It's in those moments of brokenness, in those moments when the illusion that we've created of what life is shatters to a degree yep, yep. that that place where heaven and earth meet, where Jesus is. I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily think that it makes it more real for people, but I think it makes them think about what is real right? what yes. is life. That's right. Does that make sense? Absolutely, man. So it's, it's, it was powerful. It's, it's kind of similar to when, you know, the whole, you know, pandemic first started happening, you know, when we first started talking about that, right? Like reality was being broken, really. You know, people's lives, you know, they're, they're, they're regular. <clears throat> Don't know what happened to my voice, but it's weird. Sorry. Allergies. Um, yeah, actually, that's probably true. I didn't take an allergy pill. Um, anyways, um, you know, when people's realities are broken, like you said, like, what, you know, now what? You know, what is, it, what is there to look at? And you're right, they have to either, they either run or they have to face the reality of what is real, what is not. And I don't know, man, it's just another example of it. And it's just, man, every time I see it, it's just so, it, it is convicting, even for me personally. Because like I said, like, how real do I think this is when I have a guy like this who doesn't even claim to fully believe it, but the weight that he sees in the decision of, of claiming to believe it or not, that's crazy that he sees that. And I'm just kind of like, meh. You know, a lot of the time I just kind of, meh. There's a verse that's really powerful. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And this, this, you know, sometimes it's that first step of realizing how big God is and what it could mean. I also keep thinking it's, you said, convicting. It's convicting because to him, it's so life-altering. Yep. Even the idea of, 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 like, why am I believing this, right? He said, I don't know why. But what it would mean to his life to put his faith in Christ, right? Life and death and, and heal and all these things. And he's emotional about it. And sometimes I feel like because I'm going to use a, an analogy here. We've been in the house so long. We've been in the king's house. We've been in, the, in God's house so long that we mm. forget how absolutely life-altering it is and how absolutely wild it is what he did for us. Yes. Right? How, how much of an honor it is. Mm-hmm. To be to be a part of God's people, man. So it's good stuff. Absolutely, got to rip that callus off, man. Yeah. So I don't know. We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts if you're watching on the the web series or even uh, in the podcast. You want to give us thoughts? Feel free to use that link or comment and 
below about um, your thoughts on this. But I think it's something we should all think through. And again, you can check check out Jordan Peterson's stuff on his own um, his own channel. Right? Absolutely, Both podcast. He has a new podcast, Jordan B. Peterson. But he also has a YouTube channel where you can find his lectures. I've actually watched some, um, and, and it's interesting to kind of see the journey. Right? Oh man, I'm and sure I it's would really ask cool. you know if you're out there as a believer, you know when you hear things like this, don't just take it for granted, but you know pray for those people. Yes, um, because you never know when someone like that becomes a C.S. Lewis or a or a Paul, right? You don't know. You don't know. But God can grab people. So, very thankful for him too. You know, and I'm thankful for Jordan Peterson what he's done because he he some of his stuff got me through some tough times. Just you know, in general before this, so it's cool to see that. That is really cool, man. Like God, oh man, yeah, God's working on that guy. Amen. It's yeah. beautiful. And he used him even when you didn't know, right, to impact me. So, <laughs> yep. This is a good segue. Jesus, the cost. It's it's terrifying sometimes what it is. I want to talk today to you. This is my own topic. Okay. I want to get your thoughts on this. Excuse me. I'm about to... Ooh, sorry. <laughs> I burped. All right. I just burped off camera. That's what happened. It happened. Not off camera, off microphone. <laughs> Real talk. So Real talk. what I want to talk about is conflict in Christianity. And what I mean is I think it's really weird how popular Christian culture, meaning sort of mainstream Christian culture, mm -hmm. approaches conflict when Jesus has given us a very black and white like uh, process process of yeah. dealing with when there's <laughs> conflict between believers. Okay, uh -huh. so I want to read to you some verses. Okay, like I'm gonna. There's three verses. The first two cover sort of the the two big ways you can have conflict, and then the third just kind of says what you should do with it. All right. Okay. You guys listening, let me know, and then we'll talk about what I mean. Here we go. So, Matthew 18, and this there's the whole chapter. You guys have heard us talk about it a lot. Yeah. It's pretty cool because Jesus tells us how to deal with someone when they make mistakes, sin, do wrong. If your brother sins against you, who's our brother? Those who put their faith in Christ. That's right. right. And if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Awesome. Okay. But if he does not listen, take one or two along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Gentile to us, for our purposes, just means treat him as a non-Christian because he's mm -hmm. shown himself not to be. That's All right. right. So Jesus literally says, if someone does wrong against you, right, what's wrong? I don't know, whatever, like if it's something that is hurts you, that you can't get over, we're not talking about somebody stubs your toe, you know, things that, that are kind of covered under common grace. Yeah. If someone has wronged you, you need to go to them and tell them that. That's right. Right? That's the one. That's okay. uh, Matthew chapter 18, and that was verses 15 through 17. I was reading for the ESV. Okay. Here's Matthew 5.24. That tells you the other side. Okay. So if... You are at the you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come offer your gift. What does that mean? If I am literally, he he gives the example to us, we kind of lose the idea of offering. Yeah. We're like, well, okay, big deal. To give your offering at the temple was a big deal. Oh, back absolutely. Then, right? That you're doing that for sometimes is it your own sin offering? Could be like I've messed up, I'm trying to be right with God. God is saying, don't even worry about that. If I, if I, Todd is trying to be right before God, but I know AJ's upset at me, I go to him. That's right. And I go to him and try to make it right. Even if it's me not mad at him, he's mad at me. We just go and we deal with it, right? And then come back. 
That's how important it is. So I think that's cool. The same book, that's Matthew. Did I tell the verses? I did, right? Yes. Matthew chapter 5, verse 24. So same book, Matthew. He, he gives us both. He gives us, if someone's upset at you, go deal with it to them. Mm-hmm. Go talk to them about it. That's right. If you're upset with someone, go talk to them. Covers both sides, right? Mm-hmm. And then I love this because it just gives a good old wrap up. Colossians 3.13 says, as believers, we are to bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And when they do that, we're supposed to work it out, forgive each other, move on, right? Absolutely. Pretty black and white, like you said. It doesn't happen. Christians are, uh, it does, I shouldn't say it doesn't. Christians are, so, we are so weird about this. Mm-hmm. What do you, they don't want to do it. And so I think what happens is, I'll give an example. I, knew, I know a, a person in our, that I've known for a long time, a believer in our church years ago, has the tendency when they're upset at someone to bring up the, uh, will bring up the complaint. And then when told to go, well, you should go talk to them. They say, oh, no, no, I'm just going to let it go. It's not a big deal. It won't be a big deal. <clears throat> well, first of all, the fact that you're bringing it up means that it it's, means something. it's still in there. Yes. And you're refusing to do it because you're believing worldly advice that says, yeah, just don't make, don't rock the boat. Don't make a big deal. Yeah, let it go. When Jesus is saying, even if you don't publicly do it, remember, he's always worried about our hearts. Your heart has a seed of bitterness in it. I've heard, go deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we have seen, like, I, I can't tell you how many times I will go to a Christian. And I think this is the benefit of not growing up in the church. There's a lot of faults. You and I both haven't and so mm-hmm. didn't. You know, And I think for us sometimes it's more black and white. There's good in that and there's bad because we probably struggle with things that others sure. don't. But one of the things is for me, like I do what he says to do. If someone's upset at me, by the way, that's not natural for me. My family is more of you wrong me, you're written out of my life, I have nothing to do with you, and nobody's mm-hmm. upset. That's right. Because it's it's kind of really humbling to go to someone and say something you did bothered me, right? Absolutely. That's hard. Yeah, it's But anyway, I go to Christians, I can't tell how many times, and I'll go to someone and I'll say, hey, you know, you, what you did came off this way, it really hurts me. Or upsets me. I don't want to assume poorly of you. You know, what's your thoughts on that? You know, and I'm giving them the opportunity, one, to repent. I did wrong. Or to explain. And maybe I had it wrong. Right. Every time they say, oh, nothing. No, I'm not. Because I maybe I think, because in this case, I think they're mad at me. Or the other side of it, right? So I go to them. They just go, sorry. Move on. Okay. If I think someone has something to me, I'm like, hey, man, it seems like, or hey, girl, it seems like something's weird between us. You know, I don't want that. Have I done something to offend you? Here's why you've act, you've done X, Y, Z. Did I cause that? They never address it. Does that make sense? It's almost mm-hmm. like they're scared to death of having conflict when the truth is it shouldn't be conflict. It's just two members of the same house making sure that there is no division. So That's I don't right. Know. That's kind of my thoughts. And like, do you do you see that um, in your own personal experience? I see it in my own personal experience. And then like, I think, you know, I can even, again, like, you know, real talk, like, I can be that person sometimes. Sure, I, I think that's a, a natural tendency. Yes, absolutely. Because like you said, it is uncomfortable. And naturally, if we're not if we're not being intentional with Christ and in our faith, you know, we're naturally going to not want to do that. It's uncomfortable. Anything that's uncomfortable, we want to shy away from it. And I definitely see it, you know. And I think it's, it is frustrating because, like you said, it's one of those things where it's purely black and white. And I think something that's big that I, I think I believe is the first verse you read uh, in Matthew, it talks about uh, if they listen, you've won your brother. And I think a key word there is listen. Mm. I think a lot of the time, and again, this is not an excuse for 
this is not an excuse for the church or the capital C, but I think a lot of the times, you know, we either A, are ignorant towards what listening really is, like, mm-hmm. like we don't, or we choose not to listen. I think, you know, like, like we are blatantly going, I don't want to deal with this. I you don't know? want to deal with it. That's a good point. Kind of, kind of almost a relational laziness. Hmm. Let me ask you this. So you said, I can struggle with this. Yeah. Why do you struggle with it? Like, what's the natural instinct that makes you not want to do that? Um, go to them or have, you know, usually go to them. Cause I think you're very, if someone comes to you, you're quick to go, Hey, I'm sorry. Oh, absolutely. But like what makes yeah. it hard for you to want to go to someone? Cause I think this might be help us understand people. Yeah. So I personally, I struggle with going to people at times because I think about all the crap I've done mm-hmm. and that can make me feel like, Oh, you know, whatever, like, you, you know, everyone has their faults, you know, so do you. And you I, don't I, have I the right to be hurt, exactly. sort of. Yes. You know, I, it could have been much worse. You know, that's one part of it. And there's also part of me that just, again, it I can naturally view it as a conflict instead of. And what will happen if it's a conflict? Um, You know, hey, they're going to yell at me. Gotcha. Hey, they're going to, yeah. you know, they're going to, you know, write me off. They're going to, you know, sure. whatever, you know, whatever negative. <laughs> so I feel that too. And with that, I'll add one more. I'll confess it. Sometimes, like, this is probably the way I was raised. Sometimes I don't want to do it because of my pride. I don't want to let you know you hurt me mm. because to let you know you hurt me makes me look weak, right? So those are the things that get in the way of us. We both kind of shared, maybe some of you guys out there doing what Jesus said. But the bottom line is it's in black and white. That's right. Yes. Yeah. This is what you do. Mm-hmm. And so you don't get a choice. It doesn't matter if a sociologist or a psychologist or Oprah or anyone else told you that, let it go and don't let anyone define you. I just listened to a, 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 <laughs> a person mm-hmm. that recently, uh, a person in general, <laughs> got to be careful, that I know put a little video out on their social media saying, you know, when people are upsetting you, you got to let them go and you got to be free and fly in the sky and be different, you know, and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. That's cool. I think there is some truth to the idea of, you know, because if they don't respond well, you can't control that. You let right, it go. And you can't let them but you don't right. use that as an excuse to not do what Jesus flat out told you to do, what That's God right. told you to do. So I can't tell you, the, the, and the worst, I shouldn't say that. This is just talk, real talk. Sometimes yep. it feels like the worst people to do this are, and this is why I confess, I struggle sometimes, I've said this on the show before, I struggle sometimes to be in close relationships with other pastors. And the reason is, not because I'm better than them, because a lot of times one of the reasons I struggle being in relationships because I don't feel like I'm as good as them. I know my faults, and I see these amazing men doing things for the kingdom and serving, and I'm like, dude, I stink. I suck. I, I am not on that level. Mm-hmm. But the other side of it is it's, they're weird sometimes. Sometimes they're not all of them, but a lot of times I'm like, I don't understand why things can't just be dealt with. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're not like angels. We're not some sort of like oh, we can't have conflict, we can't talk. Like, it shouldn't be that mm-hmm. complicated. Like, if if we assume poorly of each other, we should go to each other. If we have issues with each other, we should go to each other. If you think I'm a false teacher, you should come and tell me that and give me a chance to repent. If I think you are, I should come and tell you. And we don't take it that way, and it gets all complicated and weird. Yes. You know, and I feel like I can't, because I'm not very good at playing the game. <laughs> Sometimes as far as, like, I, I'm not very good... There's a difference between being someone who is living out a very sanctified life and choosing to be holy, right? Like, this is not what I mean when I say this. I'm not very good at pretending to be above things. 
I got you. Right. So like I, I am fully aware of the fact that my position doesn't mean that I've arrived or have it all together. Which is good in my opinion. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think so. And sometimes it can hinder me because I let my faults become my identity. But yes, in general, I think it is. And, yeah. and, and, and I don't say that arrogantly because I know that part of the reason that certain Christian leaders do that is because I know what happens if they don't. They're considered weirdos if they ever have an issue. Well, if, you, if this bothered you, then you're not being forgiving like Christ. I even had people I really respect say to me, well, the Bible says blessed are the peacemakers. And they use that as justification to not do what Jesus said, right? Because it's peace if I don't come to you and tell you tell you that you've hurt me. Right. Well, it's Does that make sense? Yeah, because they're not because they're not defining what true peace is. They're justifying that's it. That's yes, not true peace. You're not actually at peace. No, because because if Jesus exactly if Jesus if Jesus is telling you that I know peace and I'm telling you that to go to your brother, he's telling you that in order to attain peace, you need to do this. Because if you don't, that bitter that's not peace. You're growing bitterness in your heart whether you, you realize it or not. It's going to come out one way or another if you don't handle that kind of stuff. You have negative feelings for that, that person. Absolutely. And God doesn't and want that's us not to do peace. that. No, yeah. that's not being a peacemaker in the slightest. So, you know. it's twi- You're twisting it. So, guys, I, guys, gals, friends, people out there listening, you know, I guess I encourage you if you put your faith in Jesus. Like, first of all, I know that looks weird. I know it looks weird to go to someone and ask them. I know it feels weak. I know... You think that you don't have the right. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is you said you follow Jesus, then let's use those two verses from Matthew. Those are Jesus' own words. That's right. You should probably do what he told you to do. Absolutely. Well, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm an introvert. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mean that in a mean way. Like, Jesus told you what to do. That's and, right. and even if you think it's not a big deal, you're being rebellious when you choose not to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? And it makes it more complicated. Makes because, it more complicated. first of all, if I don't come to you, Let's use fun turn. And yeah. I and clearly there's tension between us. He can feel that. Then he feels weird. And he's like, well, what, what's going on here? Right? Exactly. Yeah. We've all what's been a, in those moments. I, I, that's why I'm that's why I said, like, like, what is what's a true peacemaker? Because that's not there's no peace. No, because actually you're spreading, you're chaos. spreading chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say that. Yeah. So I don't know. I, that's just my thoughts on it. Um it's good, man. I, so, I know, agree with you. Guys, it's black and white. What are your thoughts on it? Do you struggle to go to people when they upset you, Christians? Um, do you struggle to accept it when people come and ask you? Are you afraid to tell them? That's the other one. Sometimes, like, they'll come to us and we go, we want to, like, act like we're above it. Like, oh, nothing bothers me. It doesn't hurt me at all. I remember going to a pastor one time. He was a mentor at the time, actually. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I was like, hey, man, have I done something to hurt you? I know for a fact I did because he had told other people. And he goes, no, actually not at all. And it, I just remember that sticking out in my head because I'm like, I know for a fact you told someone else. Plus, you're being weird. Like, <laughs> yep. You know, this was years ago. So we got, you know, if you're one of those people, why do you struggle with that? What's what's hard for you when you deal with those verses, black and white? And do you view it as, does it change your view of it or the way you look at it when you realize you're literally just being disobedient? Imagine if Jesus is there saying, hey, because he knows you have a problem with Todd. I'll just use me. Mm-hmm. Go to him. And you say, nah, it'll just go away. You know what I mean? I don't know, just things I'm thinking of. No, it's good, man. I think it's really good. I'm glad you brought it up because it's a problem. It's a problem, and you know, and you wonder why people don't take Christianity seriously. And we wouldn't have as much division. No. And I think if we got to realize everything God tells us to do is for our good, and we wouldn't have as much division within the body in general if we would just do that and tr- seek real peace, like That's you right. said. What is real peace and seek real peace? Mm-hmm. So. Encourage you guys to go read that for yourself. Matthew chapter 18, he lines out for us what we're to do when someone sins against us. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus tells us in general, this is actually the, um, you know, he's teaching and it's under one of the sections of 
of um, anger and what to do when you're frustrated with someone. And even like, you know, he kind of uses the illusion of like, you don't want to go to court. He's using court, right? Like deal with it. And if you do these things right, you won't have this kind of division among yourselves because the tendency is like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to talk to you. I'm just going to sue you. You know, that kind of, yep. that back then, that kind of thought. So I don't know if that guy resonates with any of you guys, but it's just such a weird thing, man. It's like this, it goes back to the masquerade. When we don't do what Jesus says to do and actually have real peace, we tend to to be faking it then mm. because like we're really mad when we, and then we think God's pleased with us because we're not acting out of it when the truth is he wants there to Could, be yep. true resolution when there can be. Sometimes there can't. Sometimes right. I might go to you and you don't tell me and then I have to release it. That's right. And he cares about your heart anyway. Yeah. He cares about, he doesn't care about the outward appearance in that moment. He cares about where your heart's at. Amen, brother. All right. Well, any other thoughts on that? That no man, that's good. I think I think I've got everything out that yeah. I can think of. Yeah, we'd love to hear your guys' thoughts though, truly. Moving on to our one question. You want to ask it or you want me to ask it? Uh, I'll ask it. Yeah, might as well. Because you don't I have it here. I didn't send it to you. <laughs> so this came in on our database. Someone used our link, which I think is really cool. And, and I can't it is read. what are what you say? Said, and I can't yes, you read. can. <laughs> what is an example of legalism in the church? So I mentioned this earlier when you you briefly brought it up. I like this question because it actually it, it helped me learn because I'm gonna be honest and be honest. I didn't really fully know what legalism was, and I asked Todd about it. I was like, I don't even know what is legalism, you know. Um, so, um, I would say that. Oh shoot! I just had my, my brain went crazy. Yeah. Here. Well, I won't put you on the spot. Here's yeah. what legalism is in a kind of simple that, term. That'll help. First off, the word isn't in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's not, but it is a way for us to describe something that happens. Mm-hmm. Someone yesterday said, I don't remember who we were talking to, but it's a really good way. They said it's Pharisees. Oh, yeah, it was uh, Cowboy it was Kenny. Kenny. Yep. He's like, he was trying to explain it to you in a good way. He says it was kind of like the Pharisees did, and that's true. So essentially legalism is when we take doctrine and we use that, meaning like a system of rules and regulations, and we say this is how you achieve holiness and or salvation. Yeah. Right? And so, for instance, when we say... You will be more holy if you don't use tobacco. You will be more like God if you don't drink caffeine. You will be more like God, and you put that above all other things. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yes. So, um, and it does happen, and it's that it's that pressure that's put on. In fact, one of the verses that I think is really powerful about that explains w- why legalism is so hard. I mean, wrong. One, it puts the emphasis on our salvation and holiness on us. It kind of that's elevates right. us to. The God, instead of realizing that it's God and the Holy Spirit that makes us mm-hmm. saved and holy, and He's the one that transforms us, right? It's like I can save myself. Right. But the other thing it does is Jesus says when He's talking to the Pharisees, He makes this quote. He, that One of the few times He's really angry um, and He's talking to him. He says, you put weights on people's backs, but don't lift a finger to tell them how to take it off. Yes. Right? And, and, that, and that's that pressure. We've all felt it. We've had some friends, I told you, who... Um, come from a certain denomination that probably bordered on it a little bit, or at least that specific church did. And he says, I used to go to sleep every night being scared I wasn't saved because I did X, Y, Z. That's right. Not even a sin. Just a lot of times legalism more has to do with, like I said, rules. These rules help you mm-hmm. um, be saved or holy. Um, and when you break them. Yeah. It's, so, it's, oh, yeah, you're, you know, you're not as holy or you're not mm-hmm. as... Uh, saved that's right um so honestly people that are putting their faith in in legalism or in doctrines you can do all the right things like the pharisees and not be saved but there are even true believers who do that right there are people that put their faith in christ that we have a tendency to to put 
certain things above others and say you a real believer has to do these kind of rule things. Mm -hmm. Most of the time it's kind of human-related rules, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, how you dress, how you look, what you say, watch, do. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and there's a verse that Paul that's pretty – Paul kind of warns us of legalism in Colossians 2.23. Okay. In chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. I'm going to try to find it here. Okay. He says, If with Christ you died to the elemental sp spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations – do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they're used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have been, these, this is so good. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. And what is essential, let me see if I can find a, a, a more, uh, Le a less wordy version okay. of that. What, what version was that? I was just curious. ESV. Nice. Um, and what book is this again? This is Colossians. So okay. Colossians chapter 2, 20 to 23. So okay. I'll do this again. If you have died with the Messiah to the elemental forces of the world, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Oof. Why do you submit to regulations and or rules like don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? All these regulations refer to what is being destroyed by being used up. These are commands and doctrines of men. Although they have a reputation of wisdom by promoting aesthetic practices, meaning things about my body, mm -hmm. hum humility, and severe treatment of body, they are not of any value in curbing self-indulgence. Paraphrase, you're doing all these things to try to be holy that have to do with the flesh and our That's outward, right. but they actually don't help you at all overcome actual sin habits. Jeez. You need Christ to do that. Um, Paul, so, dropping some truth. Yeah, so... An example of legalism would be um, if you drink caffeine, you are not as holy. Mm -hmm. you're, har you're harming your holiness. Um, it so that's one example. There are people that, um, smoking cigarettes. You won't, you'll go to hell if you smoke cigarettes. Um, you're damaging if you drink at all, you're not truly following Jesus. You see what I mean? Right. Um, now – or believe it or not, it can go even farther. Like those, some people might go, well, those aren't terrible. It could be, or those are terrible anyway. What if it was, um, you have to wear skirts to be a true believer in Christ. I dated a girl, my first Christian girlfriend. Mm -hmm. She had to wear long skirts to her ankles. If you wear, if you don't wear long skirts to your ankles, you can't be a part of this church and you're not holy. Jeez, man. See what I'm saying? Those are real things. And, th but then it can creep its way in little things too. Um, Anything, when it's anything that is placed above Christ and what he did for us in the Holy Spirit can become legalism. That's good. Is that, if I, if I made that clear, I guess I'm rambling because I want to make sure everyone understands. Yeah, I, I get where you come from. Now, don't take that to mean that there aren't things where it's, sin is still sin and we're to call, right. we're to call out sin. But don't make secondary issues, how many times you dunk people, what you wear, all that stuff, become salvation or holiness issues mm -hmm. because you know that's that's not what we know good, that man it's yeah it's not based the the all these all these factors are not based in the in the reality of what being saved is yeah because if and that's kind of what paul's saying there he's saying listen i'm gonna paraphrase but the reason he's giving that point is he's like listen if you could do it through these rules we wouldn't have needed christ exactly right we wouldn't have needed christ yes that's so good but again, that doesn't mean holiness isn't. Like we aren't to not sin. That's different than putting these mm -hmm. 
you know, or like people that say, you know, we've seen the movies where someone's whipping themselves, right? That's the same thing. That's an extreme, but they're like, I have to do this because I've had this felt and I have to hit myself to punish myself. That's right. You know, so that's that's the gist of it. Yeah, man, sorry for really rambling, good. guys. No, I loved it. It was good stuff. I, again, Great I, question. I learned from it. I love it. Yeah, me too. It helps me to be sharp and what I mean by that. All right. Awesome. Anything man. else anyone has? Fun turn? You got anything? No, he says no. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, man, just what a great episode. You know, I love, again, you know, thanks for the question, whoever asked it. You know, like, it's, like I like I, ooh, ooh, ooh. Like <laughs> I said, you you helped me learn something. So I appreciate that. I'm always trying to learn more. So thank you for being honest and just being able to, you know, just, hey, throw a thought out there. And there it was. You know, you helped me. So thank you. Um, anybody else watching, just thank you guys for your faithfulness and, and continuing to support us. Please like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to... Uh, actually, no, I don't know if you can subscribe okay. on Rumble. But, hey, you can give it a Rumble. I think you can subscribe. I Rumble, yeah. Or follow or whatever it is. I don't remember right now. But, hey, do that um, if, if you watch on there. And uh, just make sure to leave a comment somewhere. You know, And if when you share it, Todd shared this before plenty of times, leave a little blurb as to what why you liked it. People are more likely to click on it. Um, and just ah, love you guys, appreciate you, um, and hope, hopefully I can see you Thursday. Awesome. Yeah. Thursdays, our live show goes on at 8.30 p.m. Uh, here on um, Facebook and YouTube. That's right. You can watch our live show, interact with us live. And that's more of us taking your questions live as they come and having some fun. So check that out. The other thing I would say is please leave us a review if you're listening on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Those really do help, especially if it's a good review and give some details to why you like the show. Um, if it's a bad review, feel free to forget that. That's but right. We, we would Move love on. to get a review. And also, um, yeah, you can ask questions anytime or give us topics or interact with us either in the comments below wherever you're listening to this or if it's on the podcast you can use the link www.theremnant.life slash real r-e-a-l dash talk other than that we appreciate you guys we mean that it is such a blessing to us to be able to have these conversations with you and we look forward to hearing your thoughts on all the things we talked about today and we're excited to have real talk again soon that's right. I don't think it's about it. Hey, thank you, brother. Love you. Appreciate you. Love you Thanks, too, man. Thanks, Fun Turn. Great job. He's given us a awesome I don't even know. hip hand thing. Yep. Hey, have a great day. And truly, we mean this. God bless you.